This is the My Bloody Hell podcast, the podcast where we share stories about perimenopause. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode number 12 of the My Bloody Hell podcast. I'm your host, Lori L. Tharps. I'm a journalist, an author, a mother of three, and a newly arrived expat to the south of Spain. I'm also a card-carrying member of Team Perimenopause. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. If you're one of our returning listeners, welcome back, and thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm glad you're all here, and I hope everyone listening walks away from this podcast episode feeling a little bit more informed and a little bit more inspired about their own menopause journey. Episode 12 of the podcast is going to be a short but important episode. We're going to be talking about keeping track of our menopause journey and why we should do it from a health perspective and a transformational perspective. The fact is, keeping track of our physical and emotional symptoms, as well as our evolving state of mind through this process, could be life-changing. So, Stay tuned to hear why you should track your menopause journey, as well as some tips and tricks about how to do it. Before we get to all that, though, we have to thank our sponsor. The My Bloody Hell podcast is sponsored by Yum Day. Yum Day is a subscription snack box company founded by a woman of color that prioritizes snack companies led by women and people of color. So that means that all of the yummy offerings like cactus tortilla chips and cocoa-dusted wrapped cashews are made by companies that are women-led or POC-led. So you can feel good about eating these snacks, and you can feel good about giving a subscription box as a gift, too. Because not only are the snacks in Yum Day boxes tasty, but also because you're supporting women and people of color. And if you're going to be a conscious consumer, which you should be, this is the tastiest way to do it. With the holidays literally just around the corner, save yourself the headache of shopping at the malls or big box stores and get everybody on your list a subscription box from Yum Day because boxes can be tailored to the taste and dietary needs of whoever you're shopping for. You can get gluten-free boxes, you can get a vegan box, or even a box with only snacks made by women-led companies for all your feminist friends. Woohoo! So, Make your holiday shopping easy this year and order a subscription box for everyone on your list from Yum Day. And just to make it easier, my listeners can use the code MBHPOD15, that's MBH as in my bloody hell, POD15, for 15% off any order from Yum Day. The link is in the show notes. Now let's get to today's episode. Hello, superstars. Before we jump into this great episode, I just want to apologize if my voice sounds funny. I have a bit of a sore throat, so I'm going to push through, not because I'm some sort of martyr, but I just wanted to get this episode out there. So again, I'm sorry for my scratchy voice. Anyway, today's episode is all about tracking your menopause experience. And I have to say that this idea for this episode literally came to me in the very, very early morning waking hours when I was still kind of half asleep and just waking up. And something about my writer's spirit and soul prompted me to think about this desire and urge and need to talk about it here on the podcast about 
tracking our menopause journey. So on the one hand, when I talk about tracking a menopause journey, you know, I'm talking about the very obvious idea of keeping track of your physical and emotional perimenopause symptoms as we make our way towards menopause. And the reasons for tracking your symptoms is pretty, you know, it's pretty basic. I mean, I don't think this is going to be shocking to anybody, but considering the cornucopia of bizarre symptoms that sprout up during perimenopause, how random they are, how overwhelming and alarming they can be, mistaken often for more serious illnesses, like tingling fingers like I had. I thought I might have multiple sclerosis or you could have a burning mouth or you could have a period that lasts for weeks. Um, All of these symptoms, again, can be very alarming. So if you keep track of them in some way, you can kind of not keep them under control, but manage them. There's a few things that happen when you keep track of your symptoms in this way. One If you are tracking your symptoms, you can see if there are any patterns to these symptoms. So maybe you drank some wine the night before and the following day you had excessive hot flashes. Or maybe that night you couldn't fall asleep very well. Maybe one day you ate a lot of sugar and the next night you had night sweats. So you are writing down just your symptoms, so to speak, but you may then realize that once you see that, you know, you had hot flashes on this day, this day, this day, you might also notice that you drank a certain drink, a wine, some kind of alcoholic beverage, or you ate certain things those days, and you can see if there are patterns. Now, the thing is, if you notice a pattern, you can then be proactive and play around with your diet or your exercise or your daily habits to see if you can somehow impact or regulate these symptoms. And that is what is really beneficial about tracking your symptoms in that way. Because the reality is we know that a lot of times if you go to the doctor, there's no magic pill or anything or ointment that they can give you to fix these things. But again, they may suggest, you know, altering your sleep or altering your diet. So if you're keeping track of what's happening and when, you may be able to see why it's happening because of certain patterns in your own daily life. The other reason that you want to keep track of your symptoms, both physical and emotional symptoms, is because you can then give your healthcare provider a much better idea of what's happening and how frequently it's happening when you go for a visit. So whether you're going to a doctor or an alternative practitioner, you definitely don't want to go in and say, oh, I'm suffering from hot flashes. And when the doctor says, well, how often do you have them? And you (laughs) because brain fog is real, because memory loss is real, you may not be able to recall realistically when the last time you had a hot flash or a night sweat or a emotional crying spree. So if you have your nice handy list of, you know, how frequently you're coming, these, you know, symptoms are happening, then your doctor or healthcare professional can really see what's going on and decide if you do require something stronger than food and diet changes. It may be thought that you should be doing something more aggressive in treatment, um, hormone therapy, or some other types of medicinal therapy if required. 
anxiety, for example, there may be some kind of supplements or even medication for things like anxiety or depressive episodes. So again, we can't depend on our menopausal memory to recall with what frequency or with what patterns that our symptoms are happening. So keeping track of them in an organized way can really help when we are seeking help from medical professionals. The other thing to obviously keep track of is our period. So we do, if we still have a period, you know, we know from listening to the podcast that there are plenty of women who are in the process of perimenopause who are not having periods. Could be because of a partial hysterectomy. It could be because they have a hormonal IUD, any other reason. But regardless, if you are still having a period, it is really critical that you keep track of when your period is coming. You want to see if there's any patterns there because if you're not at menopause yet and you're going through this every 26 days, every 22 days, every two weeks, you want to know. And even though it can be erratic, it can be just shorter cycles, then you can keep track of them so you're not caught unaware. And also, obviously, you want to be able to note when you have gone the full 12 months with no period so you know that you've actually hit menopause. Now, again, many women will have you know, two, three, four, five, six months even with no period. And it seems like the period is over and they're like, hey, I've hit menopause, not realizing it's really only been six months or even eight months. Until you actually hit 12 full months, you're not there yet. So you do want to keep track of how often your period is coming and when and if it has stopped for a full 12 months. I have friends who have had stopped their period for like seven, eight months, and then it started up again. And they really thought they were in menopause. They were like, I'm done. It's over. And then, you know, the whole cycle started again. Me personally, I've had such a regular cycle of 28 days since the day I started my period. Now I'm at 26 days. And it is regularly at every 26 days for the most part. So at least even though it's a shorter cycle, I can still predict it pretty well. So I know, you know, I don't book travel on those when I know something's coming up, if I have the possibility to, you know, make the schedule based on my own needs. So these are three good reasons why we should be tracking our physical and emotional symptoms. Again, checking to see if there's any patterns that we can adjust our diet, exercise, or lifestyle habits to maybe improve these symptoms. Two, because when we go to our doctors and healthcare providers, we can give a very accurate representation of what's happening and how frequently we're experiencing certain symptoms. And three, keeping track of our period is the kind of, again, if we still have a period, this is the way we know when we've actually hit menopause, when we've hit that 12 months with no period. And that is really critical. So now the question is, how do we keep track of these symptoms? Well, there's more than one way, obviously. But one of the things that I have learned since starting this podcast is that there are a whole bunch of new apps available for tracking not just your period, but your specific perimenopause symptoms. These are apps that have actually been created just for women in perimenopause. 
So previously, you know, period trackers have been around for a while. If you have a Fitbit, for example, you can track your menstrual cycle on your Fitbit. And Fitbits have been around for a long time. So, and I know period tracking hasn't always been part of their interface, but regardless, period trackers are not new. So what I'm talking about are actual apps that were created to not just track your period, but also things like hot flashes and um, rage episodes and burning tongue and all of the cornucopia of symptoms that do come with perimenopause. Some of these apps are Caria, Luna, My Sisters, Menolife. I'll list these in the show notes so that you can look some of them up. I am not recommending any of these. I haven't tried any of these. I'm just letting people know that are interested, who are looking for something to help them track their symptoms, that these apps, they're out there. And I know one of our guests, Lisette Austin, mentioned that she really liked her app. It was really helpful and helped her recognize things that she didn't even realize were perimenopausal symptoms. Her app helped her to recognize that. And it did help her keep track of, you know, some of her diet things that were causing some of her hot flashes and night sweats, for example, to be worse. So you can consider using an app. I know one of these apps, I think it was the Luna app, helps track hot flashes where you actually can push a button when you're starting to feel the hot flash and it'll time it and see how long the hot flash lasted. So again, they have different aspects to them, different bells and whistles. So if that's your thing, if you like technology to help you with this type of thing, check out some of these apps. Now, one thing I have to mention, though, um, in doing my research, I found that some women are uncomfortable using these apps because of privacy issues, because you're putting your own health information in these health apps. Some of these perimenopause apps do have better privacy policies than others. So if you're worried about that, make sure you check what the privacy policies are in these apps before you download your personal health information. Now, if you're like me, a total Luddite who's totally technophobic, I'm good with the good old journal where I can jot down my symptoms and how I feel when these things are happening. And that's what I use, good old pen and paper. Another thing you can do is use, if you don't want to just use a plain journal, you could get a calendar and some different colored pens. And, you know, red is for hot flash and blue is for blue moods or depressive feelings. You can make a color-coded system for yourself and just, you know, make a dot on your calendar on the days when these things are happening. The point is to keep track of them so that they can become a resource and a tool for you in managing your experience heading towards menopause. Now, that's the physical part of this. But there's also the other part that, again, as a writer, as a memoirist, that I feel is so important that we should also be not just keeping a track of our symptoms, but keeping a diary of your menopause journey for your own personal enlightenment. I'm talking about really writing down your feelings, right? Like, how are you feeling as you go through this journey of change? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you thinking about reinvention? Are you planning on running away from your spouse and your children? Maybe you want to run away from your job or your country. I did all of those things except for running away from my spouse and my children. But I've thought about it. Don't tell anybody. But of course, it's all part of the process. And I write it all down. Even if it's just like scribbles and dribbles here and there, get it down. 
You can buy yourself a beautiful leather-bound journal. You can keep this on your phone or on your computer if that's your jam. But I really urge women to write this journey down. Now, like I said, I'm a memoirist at heart. I have a blog. I've written a memoir. I've kept a journal since I was seven years old. So you don't have to convince me that there is value in reminding ourselves of where we were at certain points in our lives. And this year, I've decided to start my menopause diary so I can remind myself of this tumultuous yet eye-opening experience. Like, you can just white-knuckle your way through perimenopause, or you can stop and reflect on what's happening, on the changes that are happening in your body that are leading you to a new you on the other side of menopause. We will be someone different on the other side of menopause. You do realize that, right? Like, you're not going to be the same person. I mean, You're going to be the same person, but it's going to be like you 2.0. And it's not necessarily a better you. I'm not trying to act like, oh, this is going to lead to a better you. But it is going to be a different you. So keeping track of what this metamorphosis is like, how you're feeling, maybe your thoughts and dreams about what you want it to be like on the other side. Maybe you do have some feelings of loss as you look back at where you were and what's no longer going to be anymore. Um, Some of you may be mourning the loss of fertility, like you want to still have another child. I have three kids. I don't want any more kids, but there's still some days when I feel wistful, like I will never have another child. Like it's not even going to be a choice. Again, I don't want to have kids when I'm 51 or 52, but it's still a bit of a loss and I'm writing that down. I'm also thinking about getting a puppy because that's going to like just assuage my maternal instincts. But again, that's part of this process and you want to write it down. The bottom line is, If you keep track of your journey, if you keep track of your feelings and what you're thinking about, what you're dreaming about and doing during this time, then you can be really, really, I don't want to say excited, but you're going to be able to see the transformation as it's happening instead of letting it just pass you by. The menopause journey is truly a metamorphosis for us. We are transitioning to a new body, a different body, and hopefully a different mindset. I believe that there's freedom on the other side in a lot of ways. And I am trying to prepare myself to embrace that freedom. We can look at menopause as an ending or as a new beginning. The choice is up to you. Just remember, You're the protagonist of your own story. So you should be the one writing it down. Don't let it just pass you by. Live your life story. Live your menopause journey and write it down. So we're in the last month of 2021. So you can make a pledge to yourself right now. You can be like, I'm gonna start writing my menopause journey, my menopause story in January of 2022. Or, my friends, you can start right now. Okay, that's it. I'm getting off my little soapbox. I hope I've convinced at least some of you to start keeping track 
of your menopause journey in a useful and meaningful way. Get yourself a journal or a notebook. Maybe try one of the new menopause apps to see if something suits your fancy. Or even, like I said, just get yourself a calendar. It can be a pocket calendar or something you hang on your wall with some colorful pens and create your own tracking system. Just make sure you're doing what you need to do to keep yourself aware of the physical changes and the transformational changes that are happening right now. I'd love to hear how you're keeping track of your symptoms and stories. Do you use a journal? Are you using one of the apps? Are you keeping it on loose pieces of paper that you're shoving into a folder sometimes? I want to hear about it, and I'm sure other people listening do too. So leave me a message on the My Bloody Health Facebook page or as a comment on our Instagram feed, or you can go check out this episode's show notes on the My Bloody Health blog at mybloodyhealth.com backslash blog. Thank you so much for supporting this passion project of a podcast. My goal for this show is to make this podcast a reminder in every woman's ear that perimenopause may suck, and it often does, but it is the gateway to a new you, a new stage in life, and possibly just maybe, maybe the best time in your life. Who knows? So if you're listening now and you learned something new today or you heard something that inspired you to think differently about your own menopause journey, please tell a friend about the show. Maybe they need to hear this information too. Because remember, friends don't let friends menopause alone. Alrighty. That's all I have to share this week, but I'll be back next Wednesday with the story of a woman who received a cancer diagnosis in her early 30s, which eventually led to a hysterectomy and menopause before her 40th birthday. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can hear this episode as soon as it drops and all of our other inspiring episodes. Until next week, Wonder Women, be good to yourselves, get some snacks from Yum Day, and maybe take a walk. The My Bloody Health Podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Good Bee Music. And hey, one last thing before you go. I'm not a doctor nor any type of medical professional. Therefore, do not use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for verifiable medical advice and information. Always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have any medical questions or concerns regarding menopause, perimenopause, or any other health-related issue. Thank you.